This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here this afternoon at the Art Hall visiting with artist and poet Carrie Shadid. Carrie, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. I thought what we would do is maybe start out, and if you could share a little bit with our listeners uh, about the works of art that you do, as well as about your poetry. Absolutely. So the visual art I create tends to be very playful and colorful. Um, it's based on marbling, and I actually make the art I make because it's the only visual art I know how to make. Um, I came to art sort of unexpectedly, which I'll talk about later, but um, I took an Ebru class at the Turkish Cultural Center here in town at Raindrop Turkish House, and I really loved it, um, in part because it was very meditative for me. I was attracted initially to the process of marbling. Um, floating paint on water and then kind of gently manipulating it and it was calming and from that uh, I thought well I might be able to make some stuff with this. I, I actually um, had met a group of artists through doing Artist Inc. as a poet and I thought to myself I really am impressed with these visual artists and I want to hang out with them more so it seemed like becoming a visual artist myself might be a fast-track way to yeah. get to spend more time with these amazing people I've met. Um, so all that to say, it's very colorful, my visual art, um, and features adorable animals. And the idea uh, behind it, so it's not technically complex by any means, um, but what attracts me to the form and why I make the kind of art I make is really how my attitudes toward Play and beauty and just joy have changed as I've grown older. Um, you know, I I feel like, and this is the response I get, that these pieces are happy-making. You know, and a lot of times I think about them maybe for children's rooms, but people of all ages like them. We're attracted to bright, sweet things. And I think, um, so growing up, I, I kind of had this idea that I need to save the world. I had, you know, I went into international relations sort of with that mindset. I need to go into conflict zones, um, and I'll save some of that for later. But all that to say, as I grew older, I thought, you know, I don't need to force myself to be a different person than I am. I don't need to approach the world like it needs people resolving conflicts and regardless of my inner constitution that's what I need to do no I like beautiful colorful things and I like to sit in a quiet studio and make them and share them and meet people in a you know cultural artistic context and that just fits so much better with my personality so now for me visual art making is a way to I mean this sounds absurd but Make the world a better place. It sounds yeah. a little grandiose. But I do think, you know, if we all had cute, whimsical animals covering our walls, I mean, I don't want to say that would stop conflict. That's really ridiculous. <laughs> That's way too far. <laughs> but maybe it would, you know, make us feel a little more chipper and yeah. improve our interactions and, you know, little by little, I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I enjoy making the world a bit of a more positive place. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, oh, and then my poetry you'd ask about as well. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so I also do poetry. And, and as I kind of mentioned, I came into the visual art through poetry. So I 
have done poetry slightly longer, although um, I've only been doing both of them for about four or five years. And the poetry, I also have basically the same thing, a playful approach to it. And I started out writing poetry. I, um, I took a class, I was doing my master's at New York University in the humanities and social thought. And I took a class um, on the, the, human, the human fact, I think is what this class is called. And um, we had the option to either write fiction or nonfiction. So let me back up. It was intended to be a fiction writing class and it was led by a fiction writer. But he said, if you really don't want to write fiction, you can do the nonfiction option. I went in and I said, I'm, I would like to do the nonfiction option because I've always been a researcher. You know, I've, I've loved writing nonfiction papers and, and had always taken an academic approach. I guess I should say more of a critic than a creator oh, yeah. <laughs> traditionally through my academic career. Um, and he said, okay, well, maybe just try writing the hmm. fiction at first. And so I did. And the first assignment, and the teacher said, you really need to stick with the fiction. <laughs> We're going to have you write fiction from here on out. And I loved it. And we didn't particularly write poetry. Um, but we did, it was about crafting sentences and short stories. And through that, when I came back uh, and was doing some magazine writing, I found myself writing poetry and kind of as a release, I think probably a lot of people get into poetry that way, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But as I've grown as a poet, it's... I, I would say in a way, poetry to most non-poets, and maybe a lot of poets themselves, has a very serious feel about it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... Um, and it has to be very deep and some and dark, possibly. Um, and I, I just found we mentioned I have a love of, of the absurd, um, and I found that I really had more fun creating these just odd worlds or strange. I mean, they're a little surreal. There's a poet, Russell Edson whom I love. He's probably the poet that would be most in line with my style in a way, although uh, I probably think more about Cadence. Um, he's a prose poet. Uh, and it's just like if this table were to stand up and walk over to us and we were to have a conversation with it about how sad it is sitting all alone in the art hall day in and day out, but yet it has so much to share with the world, you know, that type of thing. And um, I, for one, I do it because it makes me smile. Yeah. But tying back to what I said about visual art, I, um, I recently was thinking, you know, I want to say, I just thought this to myself the other day. It, I hear a lot of people saying, mundane things as though they're profound and I would like to get to the point where I'm saying profound things as though they're mundane oh, okay. so I want to create something that seems maybe silly you know or kind of throwaway or just a little a little something but if you spend some time with it 
you think, oh, actually, this says a lot about the human condition, or I really have a new understanding about myself or about the world or about other people uh, through this thing, and I thought was just a playful little funny, cute thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of it, it tends to happen, you yeah. think? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and when I do, so I do a poetry stand where I write spontaneous poems for people, and it, it's very stream of consciousness, and I, you know, I always... Back when I was in school, people would comment about, I would say, random things all the time. So I've always just looked at the world, I think, in a kind of weird way, um, and maybe more playful. I mean, that actually makes sense to me now that the table would walk over here, and I'm starting to think about (laughs) all of its feelings now that we mentioned that. Um, (laughs) So... It's a very yeah. Wonderland type. I mean, unsurprisingly, I'm pretty obsessed with the whole Alice in Wonderland life. Oh, you yeah. know, you can actually be, I was in the Lewis Carroll Society of North America for a while. There's a lot of academic study has been dedicated to, wow. to these, and, and there's just so much to them, and that's what I would like my work to be. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder sometimes, too, in terms of our consciousness, sometimes that playfulness mm-hmm. and that in-the-moment you know, where we're not necessarily rationally thinking every, you know, about everything so much yes. and just kind of letting things flow. Yes. And I don't know if sometimes for some people that is maybe, maybe some people come to that more naturally. I've always wondered how that works. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have to sort of, I don't know, say the word train, them, train themselves. Yeah. I probably trained myself, to be honest. I mean, I was a very serious child mm. through school, very serious and um, sensitive, you know, and, uh, worked very hard and um yeah so I think at one point maybe anxiety did it you know (laughs) like I was so high strung at some point I thought I will say I remember this being a point that was sort of a breaking point in my idea that I would go into academia or you know do a PhD stay in school and at one point I realized you know there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom, which maybe is self-evident, but I, I kind of always uh, associated the two together, like the more I knew, you know, I could figure things out, and then I knew how to approach them and solve the problems, but I thought, well, maybe wisdom is that I don't need to solve so many problems. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like maybe there's a whole different way to go about viewing this life thing, um, and so Sandy Brown in France also had a big impact on me because it was the first time in my life where I wasn't constantly working to win an award or get a scholarship or get, you know, something. I was doing this constantly through college. I would take 21 hours a semester, you know. Oh, wow. And and then apply for all kinds of things and and do lots of student leadership. And I thought, uh, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) Just sitting here. And it was actually sort of terrifying I think a lot of people and I was one over schedule to avoid like existential crises (laughs) absolutely know that one (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but that was a really freeing experience I thought you know I can get great joy just by appreciating delicious food and walking the streets um and just living life you know not thinking about or analyzing life just living life um So, 
So yes, I had to learn to be playful and lighthearted. Very interesting. That's, and I was curious, and kind of along those lines, especially with your poetry stand, do you find that sometimes, I was curious, uh, you know, sometimes the reactions when you actually produce a piece of poetry for someone, yeah. and I don't know necessarily, I wasn't sure how that interaction goes, or, you know, if you're able to see something. Oh, yeah. Does that maybe, do you find yeah. that sometimes that changes people's consciousness, or that gets them to maybe stop? And I hope so. You know, that's kind of speaking of how I've transitioned. So when I first started doing Poetry Stand, I had uh, more than one occasion, several occasions, where the recipient would cry. I mean, it really wow. moved them, and that's, I guess perhaps because, I mean, I am a very intuitive person, I suppose, and I was raised by a psychologist. I don't know. But for whatever reason, it does seem to be that I can ask someone for a word, and they'll just give me a word, and I'll write whatever comes to mind. And I've had so many occasions where they're sort of blown away, like this actually is exactly something I've been thinking about, or... Um, you know, it really like touches me right here. I can't believe you kind of got all that from just that word. I don't know. I can't really explain that part. Wow. But wow. <laughs> so that's been very interesting. Um, and then I do. I mean, I love it when they crack up. I like. <laughs> you do get some of those where people I really do, laugh. And... Yeah, and I'm going for that. Yeah. <laughs> A lot yeah. Of times. I mean, sometimes I laugh, and maybe I'm. No, no. That's <laughs> uh, usually. What's worse is when I think I've written something funny and they don't laugh, which definitely happens too. And I think sometimes that takes people, it, it depends on the environment I'm in. Mm. So if I'm in a very literary environment, I think, again, maybe sometimes people are expecting that serious, like oh, gotcha. poem in quotes, right. you know, the kind of what they're expecting and then they get this and they think, uh, that's not really what I had in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. It's not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I think it's so neat though that as far as being out in you know in the public and you know giving mm. people a chance because it almost seems to me like is that almost like a I don't want to call it in, it's inter, in, in, I don't interruption is not the right word but it's almost like it's maybe it's interrupting their the flow of whatever they're thinking in other words or whatever they're yeah. feeling and suddenly they come upon you and they, and, yep. and maybe what they think I'm wondering if there's some of this that maybe happens unconsciously you know for people and, and I know it's hard yeah, to ask you so. to know what's happening in people's heads. I hope so. so. And that's interesting, too, because a lot of times they'll give me a word, and obviously they're thinking of a certain thing, or they'll give me a phrase, and I'll take that, but what it sparks in me is something totally different. And, you know, sometimes I will give them it and say, I kind of went off on a tangent, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's the poem. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is what it is. So. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, uh, and I wonder, too, sometimes do you, uh, uh, are there times where you, it, does it take a little while? I guess I was curious, maybe, I, I don't want to say use the word process, but is it sometimes, is this just something you just let happen? Something so, gives you a word? And... Yes. I have always just let it happen. And I went, the very first time I did Poetry Stand, um, which is a concept I totally stole, I think from Anne Lamont, or, you know, this is mm. by no means an original thing, but of course it's original, each person who does this type of spontaneous poetry for people, you know, make, they make it their own. Um, and so I, I was going to do poetry stand for Momentum OKC, and I mean, I'd never done it. I just had this idea. I'll do this as a performance art piece. And so I'm going to do it two nights for three hours each night, just write poems. And I 
never done this. Wow, like, you know, so I have no idea. I don't know if I can do it. I really don't. And um, I think, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And I get there, and there's a huge line. I mean, I didn't take a break. I wrote straight for three hours with a probably at least 10-person long line the whole time. And now I average, I average a poem every four minutes. Mm. Is So partly by necessity and partly because that's just, I did kind of go into it thinking I would do it this way. You know, it's very, I don't edit myself, of course, at all. And whatever comes to my mind, it's totally stream of consciousness and, and comes out onto the page. That said, more recently, I've wanted to at least, like, look over them before I hand them to them, which I never did. You know, just write whatever. And and after one or two hours, I start to get rhydos. You know, they're like typos. Oh, and, yeah. Right, because you're writing, and I don't know, my hand cramps, and I my brain is thinking one thing. And, and sometimes it's just, sometimes I actually do write the wrong thing, but sometimes it's just like I write the wrong letter, and it looks weird. So I may be... You know, I'm not completely against editing. <laughs> I I support editing, so I may, uh, if time permits, start to at least read over them a little bit because oh, yeah. I'll notice things where I was thinking one thing and thought I put a thing, but that wasn't what my hand wrote because it, you know, it revolts <laughs> sometimes. That's a lot of work to put it through. Oh, absolutely. That's, and I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, just in terms of a, of a you know, a, I guess the word, using the word practice, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, for you to be able to do this without getting caught up in doubts about whether you, and yeah. I guess it's natural, it's human, you isn't can't. it? You know, I used to put up this sign, I had a disclaimer, may, include, may include absurdity and misspellings, <laughs> because I'm actually not the best speller. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm well educated, but I have read, this is a very old study, so it may not be accurate, that spelling is the skill least tied to general intelligence, and you know, as a child, I got whole language, not phonics. Oh, in the schools, okay. which they say increases creativity and decreases spelling ability. Mm. <laughs> so, so, you know, I just have to accept that. And that was a big, just doing that, um, I don't know if I thought a lot about it going into it, but I I used to be very much um, focused on praise from other people or how yeah. other people saw me, you know, and, and that's been something that's changed a lot in recent years. And so, yeah, like, maybe I am going to give you a poem that has three spelling errors, and you may think I'm not well-educated, and I'm just going to have to be okay with that. You know, hopefully you still enjoy the poem. Yeah, because you think about it, I mean, you could, you know, you could, and I know I have personal experience of this, you know, you can torture yourself endlessly Absolutely. worrying about what people are thinking yeah. or what they think about you or your work or whether mm-hmm. this is, I could just, it just, I, mean, I am fascinated and really admire the fact that you can just kind of do this in the moment and not be, you know, I guess it's almost like I don't want to use the word, the phrase not taking it seriously, but it's, I guess you really could get almost paralyzed by taking something so seriously. Absolutely. And that, that was part of, so we had kind of talked a little bit early about, about Zen and I'm very influenced by Asian philosophy and especially Buddhism and Taoism. And that was something that when I first started, I didn't photograph it or anything, and it was sort of like this idea of transience, and I create this thing and just let it go, you know, like a mandala or something, just destroy it. 
well, hopefully it doesn't get, maybe gets destroyed. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's out there? Then I started photographing them in part because I very soon hope to do a chapbook of some of the best of poetry standpoints, you know, just to have them. I will say, looking back over them, some of them are not that good. Mm. You know, and I'm like, man. But when you're doing something like that, how tired you are, I mean, sometimes people, I kind of like this, I'm not complaining, but will carry on conversations with me as I'm writing their poem. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that is an interesting, like, I got a lot of parts in the brain trying to do different <laughs> things in, in a situation like that. Um, but then I, th- I think some of them are great. Oh, yeah. You know. so it's kind of been fun looking back over and if you're going to produce you know sometimes 50 at one place you know I've I've made hundreds of these you're going to get a little bit of both yeah it's almost as if yeah you can't you can't necessarily know it's just you it's just almost like really to me you're you're living this you're just you're doing this and it's going to flow however it flows and I and I guess I almost have to ask I mean is do you have any sense of even if you don't take it seriously, I mean, is there some sense that you feel like you can control this to a certain degree? Or do you find yourself sometimes mm. maybe catching yourself, in, you know, in the moment, thinking that somehow that this can, you can kind of control the, yeah. the flow? Well, or the... So one thing I started doing, and I mentioned cadence, uh, having a cadence to my poems earlier. So when I first did Poetry Scene, I just wrote them as prose poems. But I started noticing I wanted to have like a little rhythm. So they still look like prose poems. I don't do verse or, you know, line breaks or anything. But when I read them, hopefully depending on how the person reads it, it happens for them too. There's a rhythm with like a rhyming at the end or in places. Um, so there's definitely, I try to have a cadence and a, a sort of rhyming structure and so that has influenced how I've written them, for sure, because I'll write a word and then I'm kind of, I'm doing this stream of consciousness, but then there's this little part that's thinking of the word that would rhyme with that and how I can fit, make that work <laughs> as I'm writing, kind of, because, yeah. again, I'm usually, like, four minutes. I, I, if I'm sitting there thinking, it's kind of, like, broken, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not exactly the goal to just stop and be like, <laughs> and it, it kind of dispels the aura oh, yeah. of what I'm doing if I sit and think too much. And I, and I have to wonder too. I know sometimes you know if if when people start talking about uh, you know Zen or talking about you know consciousness or mm-hmm. you know paying attention to the mind and things like mm-hmm. that. Sometimes you can there can be a tendency to lose people. Sometimes, whereas, you know, you can talk about that, those things and you can talk about it conceptually, but where, what I think is so interesting about this is, is that you are actually, you're not really telling people what you're doing. You're not really, there's no conceptualization of it. You're right. just actually kind of sharing these things with people as they yeah. happen in the moment yeah. and without any explanation. Isn't or, that nice? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. we were saying, you know, coming being so academic-minded for so long, everything was conceptual. I conceptualized everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everything was in my head, and I was analyzing stuff, and it's so free not to worry about that. Yeah, and I, and I have to wonder, too, you know, what it's like for people to, and I'm sure I would have to think, and, you know, I can't speculate or know what everyone's thinking, but it would be really interesting to me to just get a cross-section of, you know, it'd be so neat if you could get inside people's heads and really get a sense of, 
how that affects them in some way. Is it possible yeah. that maybe it affects them and they don't necessarily know why? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I would say absolutely. And I mean, you, you mentioned this, I didn't really talk much about it, but just that interaction, it yeah. almost doesn't matter what I give people right as a poem. It's hmm. just being there and, um, you know, having conversations and especially when I was the artist in residence at the Skirvin, of course, people could come in and spend a lot longer in my studio than maybe if I'm writing poems at first Friday and there's a line or something. But even in, even just a few minutes, interact you know interaction that lasts just a minute or two um it's it's so nice you know it's just nice to have someone ask you to give them a word and give you something in return oh absolutely absolutely and it's almost it's almost if it just happens you know it's just genuine it's Mm -hmm. spontaneous and yeah there's nothing uh, it's just it's just all very natural isn't it i really like people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should I and I might mention this later in my background, but there was a point I was doing my Fulbright in international relations at McGill in Montreal and I was studying um UN peacekeeping and which was in line with what I had been studying and I thought, you know, I think I like cult- other cultures and other people more than quote unquote international relations and quote unquote saving lives. Like I like oh. knowing about people's lives or participating in their lives or I like knowing about their food and dance and music of their culture versus thinking about it from a political standpoint. You know, of international relations is a form of political science or, you know, state issues. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if the the the, uh, the the respect and admiration of the way of the way the culture, the way people yeah. live, the way they deal with their daily lives. Yeah. The, you know, the, I don't. I guess the word ritual comes to mind. Yeah. Or just you know the daily the daily rituals mm-hmm. of how they of how they get through the day. Yeah, so that's why I went, I went to know about other cultures and get to meet people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to get a conflict zone to do that. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of opportunities in other places. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, this has been fantastic. And I thought what we would do is take a quick break and then come back and hear a little bit more about your life journey and and how how you ended up here. That sounds great. All right, thank you.